Blog Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the wisest counsel and the most fascinating people in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business. And this very day, we are going to take wisdom from the man who has experienced team and self-leadership in one of the most daring, enviable, intense, and oh, I always wanted to be doing that, ways imaginable. My friend, we uh, we have with us retired com- uh, Commander Retired John Foley, former lead pilot from the Blue Angels, that premier unrivaled flight team, that demonstration squadron, which since 1946 has been piloting the world's bestest and swiftest aircraft, all absolutely into unbelievable diamond formations and a score of seemingly impossible maneuvers, uh, just dedicated to show up demonstrating above all else what a dedicated team of individuals can, homo sapiens, working together can achieve. So, if you want to find, as John's insightful book titles it, Fearless Success Beyond High Performance, pull up your chair a little closer and join us for this feast of wisdom all carefully cuisined to make your career thrive and your ventures flourish. John, we are so glad that you can make a landing on our Art of the CEO deck and share with us the learnable, repeatable uh, art of highest personal performance. Hello, Bart. I'm glad there, to be John? here. Thank you so much. Yes, Bart. Glad to be here. Wonderful, wonderful. John, you know, I've I got to say, there are very few authors brave enough to kick off their books with a tale of their own personal terror. But you take us right into the cockpit You, you, you when you first flew with the Blue Angels, and you tell us how you understandably scanned the scene and were gripped with an, oh, my God, moment. So could you take us back to that moment? Tell us how fear yeah, sees Bart. you, and then tell us what you did about it. Absolutely. You know, I had, uh, I, I, it was a dream for me to be a Blue Angel since I was a 12-year-old boy. And uh, it came to fruition. Oh, it took about 18 years. But when I, when I actually got to do that first flight, it was mind-blowing. Now, just to put it in perspective, at, prior to that time, mm-hmm. you know, I had gone to Naval Academy, flew jets, off aircraft carriers, flew in the movie Top Gun, was an instructor, flew with Top Gun, all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, right? And I show up on the blue, so I get selected, right? And uh, I'll never forget sitting in that briefing room the first day. And all of a sudden, I realized mm-hmm. I'm surrounded by greatness. I mean, it's different. You can feel it, right? Uh, yeah. The level of precision, oh, sure. the level of, of preparation. So we climb out, we, and boss says, hey, Gucci, you want to go flying today? And Gucci's my call sign. So we, we get in the jet. And uh, I'm taxiing out now. I'm I'm the uh, I'm in the back seat because they're not they're not talking about me flying yet. I'm not ready for that. I'm getting a ride. We taxi uh. out onto the runway, right? And and the bosses and we taxi out with four jets. Next thing I know, full afterburners. We take off. The pilot does his violent left wing down. Uh, we go slicing underneath the wingtip of the number two jet. Next thing I know, we're tucked in underneath uh. the afterburners of the boss, right? And I'm telling you, oh, the planes are coming out. The airplane's shaking. There's metal <laughs> all around me. These guys start going straight up. My eyes got, you know, huge. And here's the thought. <laughs> the thought that hit me this I love it. was, was how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Because right. what the Blue Angels were saying was, John Foley, you want to play in this game? You need to increase your performance 300%. 
We as a team and an organization are going to increase our performance 300%. And I'll tell you, it blew my mind because they were operating at a whole new level. Now, here's the beauty is Mm. I had the confidence that I could do it not just because of me, because of the team, the culture. We had a way to do this. And I knew I just needed to step up and that the team would take care of me. And you're going to be stepping up, by the way, at about 700 miles an hour, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 36 inches. Yeah. <laughs> John, you know, you, you make a, a very, when we've talked, you've made a very strong distinction between being scared and being fearful. Uh, for us, define those terms and explain what's the, what's the benefit of being scared. Oh, I think scared is, is incredibly important. I would call that awareness. It's another word for awareness, right? Okay. And the reason I, I, I try to say the difference between fear, because fear is limiting, okay? Fear will cause you stuckness. It will hold you back. Watch it. Watch it in yourself. You watch it in teams, hex as CEOs and running companies. You can see it in, 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 in the economy. You can see it in, um, in nations right now, right? So here's the difference, all right? Mm-hmm. See, fear, fear in my mind feels like a force that's coming at you, something out of your control. Usually, by the way, a misperception. Right. We can go into that later, right? But what's scared? Right. Scared's different. Scared's those little hairs that stand up in the back of your neck. Scared says, maybe I won't walk uh-huh. down a dark alley late at night. Scared also says, change is coming. And you know what? We need to be proactive to be ahead of this change. Those are your instincts. So I'm okay with being right. scared. I'm okay with being uncomfortable. In fact, I like that. Now, I don't, you know, because what it does, <laughs> it gets me to act. That's all. Yeah. Okay. I see it. Yeah. But you talk about fear as as a limiting belief. We all know this. You put it in yeah. your book as one of the big things. Fearless. G- give us an example of something because you have spoken to the top com- companies in the nation. Give us just in your own counseling. Could you sh- one example of how a hidden fear hobbles performance? Oh, well, you know, it is so many of them, but I'll give you one uh, that comes up all the time. It's, it's a lack of trust, mm. okay? And, and you can oh. feel it. You can see it in organizations. You can see it probably in your own teams, your own relationships too, right? We all work hard yeah, yeah. on building high trust. So usually lack of trust comes from a, a couple of things, but it's, it's miscommunication, mis-expectations. There's some kind of gap between what I'm expecting and what you're expecting, or results, gap in results. A lot of times right, those right. are clear, and you're not just getting the results you want. So what I find is that um, if you don't have a mechanism, like the briefs and debriefs that I put in my book, okay, where you can address this right, stuff, right. It, tends to, uh, it tends to build, and you'll, you'll create fear. in your. You, let's say if you're the one that's leading the company and people aren't um, executing the way you want, we start to get fearful on, are they going to be able to do it? And if the other way, you know, people fear for their jobs. So you got to take fear out of the equation. But the way right. you take fear out is with accountability and responsibility. Excellent. Thank you. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. floats merrily through the majestic skies of the mightily misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen and download this episode and all our others by visiting theartoftheceo.com. That's theartoftheceo.com. And as an added avenue, you can also enjoy our shows on C-Suite Radio Station. We're proud members of C-Suite Radio, and uh, where the sound waves and sound solutions of business come straight to you from the top. So, 
uh, just visit all our Art of the CEO episodes on csuiteradio.com. Now, John, you have had the, uh, just as you've told us, the justifiable honor of being the lead solo pilot of the Blue Angels. Uh, and you've pretty much described what they do, uh, I mean, of what the experience was in the cockpit. What do the Blue Angels do, uh, and um, what indeed does it t- entail to move up into that level? Well, the Blue Angels were ambassadors of goodwill, and that may surprise people because mm-hmm. you're saying, what? You know, well, that's our what I call <laughs> our purpose higher than self. You know, um, that's why right. we exist. Now, you could say you were, you know, I like when you kick off the show, you said since 1946. That's when the Blue Angels were started, uh, oldest flight demonstration team. And they were started in order to bring uh, retention and recruitment to the Navy because World War II was winding down. And uh, Admiral Nimitz right. said, hey, we got to keep we got to keep good people in the service. So that's that's why they were they were. And then their goal was, hey, take this art of of air-to-air combat, dogfighting, right, which is usually done pretty high in the sky and no one can see it. Bring it down to the (laughs) ground so so people can feel what it's like. And and so the Blues were started with that goal. But what we did was we actually grew very quickly to a a much higher goal where it's not just about recruiting retention. It's about being a goodwill ambassador. It's setting the tone. It's about Mm. inspiration. In fact, when I walked through those crowd lines and and got a first chance to, you know, sign an autograph for a little kid, I I remember the look in their eyes, right? And you saw this this look of hopes and dreams, which was was exactly my look when I was a 12-year-old boy, right? So so the idea here is that I think the Blues, we inspire. We inspire greatness. We show um, the level of excellence and precision and teamwork and, and what's possible because it blows people's minds. You go, holy cow, how do they do yeah. that? And then what I've done now is you know, unpack that, reverse engineered it, and said, well, how can we use that mm-hmm. for not just flying air shows but for making businesses right. better, for making your life better, for making a difference in the world? But that's what the Blue Angels are, and we are ambassadors of goodwill. Wonderful. I'm glad you've, you you explained that to us in, in a way that uh, nobody else could except a person who'd been there and leading them. John, and, and so so in the process, you yourself, John Foley, uh, took taking sight at age 12, you've scrabbled and perched your way in the, the uh, Mount Everest of flight. You've led the premier flight team in the world, and you, you've led – you you felt what I call life's greatest exhilaration, which is achieving your utmost individual performance, and number two, playing and performing with the unrivaled best. So, John, what courses through your veins when a person hits that highest peak for for you or for anyone? Well, I got to tell you, when you're in the moment, you're not thinking how cool it is. You're just trying to stay alive. Okay? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I'll bet. I mean. Yeah, so it's it, it's really interesting, uh, and I do get a chance to you know talk to others who who've been the the top of whatever pyramid you want to you want to call it. Right. And uh, when you're in the moment or in the zone, you're completely focused, and uh, actually uh, you're so focused and you're so aware that you you know time feels like it slows down. I remember coming at Thumper and my opposing solo at a thousand miles per hour closure. We're doing a mile every four and a half seconds of closure, and his little oh, you know he's geez. a little dot out there. Yeah, and that dot's getting bigger, you know, and, and, and but I can tell you the <laughs> first time you do that, it blows your mind. I mean, and you better have some space oh, sure. between the two. But as you as you practice and as you uh, institute some of these techniques, 
that are in the book, what happens is you start to get so focused that, that things, they feel like they slow down. But here's what's really happening. Your mind is speeding up. Okay. You have the ability ah, to comprehend more. Yeah. It's, it's a big aha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And okay. And so I, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, well, so now you also moment, talk, John. You're focused. Focus. Yeah. Well, you're focused. Okay. But back to what well, you were saying. Then you have to have the ability to open up again and then focus down. Uh-huh. Open up and focus down. And the human brain can do this 65 times a second. Okay. So there's a skill. Oh. There's a skill on on opening up situational awareness, focusing down. And that's what it feels like when you're not only in a peak state, but here's the cool part. You can train your brain to do uh-huh. Right. You can get yourself into that mode uh, to be in, in readiness, in uh, preparatory, yes. to handle what is about to come at you, right? Exactly. That's exactly what, what I mean, yes. Okay. Well, now, part of this is you talk about uh, uh, crafting an uplifting purpose. Now, and you make a difference. I mean, your goal was to fly with the Blue Angels. Mine might be to, to uh, get get this book or that product or that message to a great number of people or sold profitably, whatever. That's the goal. But you make a distinction between goal and purpose. You you see the purpose as a craving to be part of something larger than yourself. How do you go about finding out, ferreting out that, that purpose. Wow. Well, I, I think, you know, some people are, are still trying to figure that out now. Right. And, and, it, and it's a quest throughout <laughs> your whole life. I mean, I, I know I was fortunate. So, so here's, here's how my story came about was I loved my dad. My dad was my icon and I wanted to be just like him. Right. Oh, and so he was an engineer. He was an army officer. And that's what I thought I was going to be. Oh, and then uh, he took me to an air show. I was 12 years old. I look up in the sky, and I see uh-huh. these six magnificent blue jets flying that day. And I remember something in my heart changed. I remember turning to my dad that day and saying, Dad, I'm going to do that. Now, here's the critical element. You could feel it. See, it's not a mental thing. Here's, here's what I think is critical when people find their purpose. It's not in their head. It hits you okay. in the heart, and you know it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I believe that that's not enough. Just having that feeling, all right, is what's critical. But then you've got to connect the heart and the head. You've got to connect a, okay. a strategy, a plan. You, 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 know, you have to do something to fulfill that purpose. And for me, it was, well, I better you know, do well in school, work my butt off, go to the academies, and it's a pecking order to get up to the Blue Angels. It doesn't just happen, right? And that's the same thing in life, right? Oh, sure. So I think you know, your question has two folds as I hear it. One is the discovery process. How do you discover okay. purpose? And I would say, you know, there's no clear one way there. I find in my life, when I surround myself with people who are also trying to do that and also trying to give back and also, and I, I, by the way, I believe it's incredibly important to give back, to teach others, to train others, to do something to help others. That is when you know you're, 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 you're on your right path, okay? Because if you have the ability to help somebody, right. there's a reason for that, right? And uh, so I would say, you know, Body suffering, on exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. So you want to, and it's enlightened self-interest. You know, if you can help somebody else, it's only going to help you. And that's the cool part. But the intention is critical. And that's the intention is, hey, I'm trying to make the world a better place, trying to make someone a better place. And you don't have to go, you know, to like my goal is to inspire a billion people. So I want a billion people 
to live a life in all its fullness. So the way to do that is right now I'm speaking and we're doing podcasts and we're trying to get this message out. I'm glad to be here, this ability to be grateful, to, be, um, to really uh, rejoice. And that to me is a good way to find your purpose. Rejoice on things in your life and you will start, your mind will start to change and you'll start to find what makes you happy. And usually what makes you happy is something that you're good at, you're successful at, uh, and it helps others. Oh, that's so true. I think that that's, it's a matter of fact, I think, uh, ladies and gentlemen, John has just spoken a timeless truth of business. And so I would like you all this, to say that this is a quill pen moment. I'd like you to dip your pen in the inkwell and scribble down that finding that purpose and implementing it is what make, is going to be something that makes you happy and something that you are good at, and that's going to lead to the fulfilled life. Thanks, John, for that. Uh, and I, I, you know, it reminds me of uh, Thomas Edison, who said, "Vision without implementation is hallucination. You need both the feeling <laughs> and, the, and the labor behind it." Now, John, I love it. I love uh, it. Hey, Thomas Edison. Hold on, real quick. Thomas Edison said it more eloquently than I can, but I, I like to say. A, 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 vis, a dream without a strategy or a plan, you know, is um, uh-huh. oh, how do I say it? Uh, is, uh, is a wish, you know. I mean, you got to have a strategy yeah, uh-huh. and a plan to your dream. I, I love Edison, though. That was a beautiful quote. Thank you. That was good. Well, also, I think yes, it's sort of the difference between a budget and a wish list. Nonetheless, you know, John. Yes. Uh, most fairly successful people fall into what I call the accomplishment trap. That is, we make the mistake of uh, achievement as a sign that we're doing our best. We do we do what we say there. I must be doing my best. We, so we get used to sort of investing about ninety three percent and mistaking it for that one hundred one percent that truly lies within our grasp. How how do you fight complacency? Oh, I love that question. You know, because complacency kills. All right. In my line of work, when I was on the blues and in some of the other things, you die if you get complacent. And I've learned this the hard way. Okay. I've learned it. We say there's lessons learned in blood. Right. And, um, and, and I think that's one of the reasons that on the Blue Angels, we actually rotate our pilots out every two years. So half of the six oh. pilots who are flying in that demo are new. And you, you know, and you see that big, oh, it's like, interesting. Why would you do that? Um, huh. so not only are half the pilots, like the Senate. get this. Yeah, yeah, well, it, hopefully. I mean, you know, and, and then, and then <laughs> yeah. the other only, thing. Only is, you guys work a lot better. <laughs> That's a whole well, other story. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, so, yeah, yeah. For sure. But, but here's the other thing. A third of my support team is new every year, okay? Uh-huh. So get this, okay? Uh-huh. And this is a challenge. This is why it's a business uh, application here is you walk into your office one day and, and half your leadership team is new and a third of your support team is new. And see, that was my challenge. That's what I walked into every, every yeah. January, actually in December is when we turned it over. Um, that's when yeah. you had the new team. Now, here's what's interesting. So you might ask, well, why do we do that? That's, that's your, one of your questions. And the other question is, um, I found it to be empowering, by the way. So the why was this, all right? But uh, back to here's the challenge. It's about how do you lead through change? 
See, uh, in business, we don't want to have that high turnover. I get that, right? But it is good to have yeah. new ideas, new people. Think about high growth, right? So companies that are growing sure, really fast sure. have new people in, right? So you're in this constant state of All training and mentoring and, and executing. But the reason that we did right. it for the Blues, and, and it addresses your question, is two reasons. One, it was an honor. So we wanted to share, you know, to be on the Blue Angels, yeah. to represent the, uh, the country, uh, and not just the Navy and Marine Corps, by the way. We're representing the country. It was a real honor. And so we wanted to share that honor. So that was one of the things. But the second one was what you hit. It was to fight complacency. You see, we knew that what we were doing was extremely challenging. I don't say it was dangerous. I just say it's unforgiving, right? And, and when you first yeah. do it, you get the same aha that I got when we started this – yeah, this podcast, it was like, holy cow. But then you start to get comfortable, and that's when you know you got a problem. And I know for me, it's when I was flying over San Francisco, just missed the Golden Gate Bridge, dropped down on the water, 100 feet off the ground, flying at 400 knots. I roll inverted, and I'm upside down, you know, 400 knots, inverted over the water, <laughs> and I'm looking around. I go, wow, that's a cool <laughs> sailboat. And I'm thinking to myself, what are you doing? You know, the first time I did that, I was so locked in, so scared, and all of a sudden I went, why am I comfortable? And I, by the way, I debriefed that in the debrief that day with the team. I said, hey, guys, you know, I made a mistake. You know, I got too comfortable. And they all laughed, but, but you know, it was an aha to, to, to share that. That's the power uh, of the debrief, uh. by the way. But, yeah, so you got to fight. And the, walk, and the, and the idea of your sharing that was great. Exactly. So that somebody else doesn't uh, make that mistake. And uh, I, I think that's, that's the good way to fight complacency right there is, is surround yourself with others. Keep challenging yourself. Don't get too comfortable. And uh, even in this podcast, All right. Bart, I know you did a great job, yeah. man. We had, you did the best pre-brief I've ever had. We had that call ahead of time a couple weeks ago. We had <laughs> 15 can. minutes prior to this call. You connected to me again. You have a process, and that's the other way to fight complacency. Have a process ah, that you can check in. Good with. for you. That's a great idea. Excellent. Thanks, John. Now, coming up uh, at uh, about Mach 2, John Foley is going to explain exactly how the glad-to-be-here mindset can positively ignite your worldview. But right after, uh, you and I take a brief survey from today's Feast of Wisdom, and so we will offer you a few utensils for today's feast. And the first utensil, as I always do, may I remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you deliberately seek out joy and take delight in one activity on your to-do agenda? Or will you hustle past life's real gems in search of some distant and future riches? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, I can sense your yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and taste a scriptural recitation from the 102 Best Business Quips book. So I am thumbing through it here at this moment. Here we are. Okay, here we are. This is number 65. Vision is a path that your, st your staff deems impossible, your attorney deems illegal, your board feels is unwise, and your CEO, CFO, wants to bury in a blanket of numbers. <laughs> so what do you think, John? Should a person forge a vision that's, uh, well, a little bit on the scary side? I think so. I, but I will add this. I, I love that. You've got to stretch yourself. But don't make it so large that you can't see yourself achieving it. You have to be believe in ah. yourself first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
that's an excellent point. I I, I always was was going to say my my own afterthought was that if you're if it doesn't scare you a little, you're probably underreaching. And whether you're CEO of yourself or a corporation, it's good to catch the risk of excitement. But I think the believing in yourself is vital. At any rate, if you smirked a bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit bartsbooks.com, that's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, and pick up your copy of the 102 or the 101 Best Business Quips, and the slashes of wit you share will have your coworkers hanging on your every cogent suggested idea, or so we'd have you believe, or whatever. And as a third utensil, we sumptuously spoon to you. The answer to last week's business quotation, that is the name of the individual who said, conformity is the jailer of freedom and the enemy of growth. Now, those words were spoken by none other than the United States 35th president who encouraged us to put a man on the moon, Mr. John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Congratulations to all you winners, and stick with us, because later on in the show, blurting your way, comes another enriching quotation, and if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be, and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn you a mind and soul-stirring gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And Blue Angels leader John Foley will coach you into forming respect uh, from others, uh, regardless of rank, right after you allow me to introduce you to the company by whose good graces we're here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing, who invites you to take good scrutiny of their latest gem of a guide. This is a great gem of a guide. It's called CEO of Yourself. And, and just let me ask you, my friend, what wouldn't you like a guide that would uh, personally give you the the ability to grow like Google, Google, or bounce back from failures like Microsoft? And who's making your life choices? Are you directing the enterprise of you, or have you fallen into default mode? CEO of yourself helps you discover the many marvelous assets and employ them toward the goals that bring you a sense of mastery and a heck of a lot more fun. And I'm going to give you a little caveat here. See over yourself is not for the lazy and it's not for weaklings. It makes you stand up and using the model of chief executing officer, makes you form principles and forge your own character and sculpt yourself into the effective person you want to be. So if you've got that kind of fire in your belly and you desire for an exhilarating life, go for it, my friend. Pick up your copy of CEO of Yourself. Carpe diem, my friend. You are indeed worth it. And now, with utensils in hand, my friend, join me as Blue Angels leader, Mr. John Foley, continues piloting you into higher stratospheres of performance. John, in your uh, insightful, uh, fearless success beyond high performance, you talk at, on on this show and in the book about uh, creating a culture of trust, surrounding yourself with people, uh, you term a high-belief people. Who are high-belief people, and how do I cultivate them? Oh, I love it. So... Uh, first off, it's <clears throat> people who are bought in to the vision that, that you're trying to achieve, right? Um, whether it's on the Blue Angels or whether it's in your company, you definitely want to surround yourself with people who, who are bought into that vision and are committed to that vision. See, that's, that's a difference, right? Mm-hmm. Um, being 100% yeah. committed, not just trying to get a paycheck or something like that, right? So that's, that's the first thing. And that, you know, I mean, the selection process – uh, sometimes I think, you know, we select for skills over, uh, over the, this passion. And I, I think you need to check that chemistry and passion, I think are more important than skills because you can train for skills. Right. So, so I think that's Truly, one sorry. of the, uh, 
the, the key ways. Uh, and then, you know, to, to build high trust, you have to have um, clear expectations and then people need to actually um, show results. And so that's the key. You know, on the Blue Angels, uh, when I was flying at, at Thumper at 1,000 miles per hour closure, every nine seconds we had a check-in point, okay? Uh, I knew whether I was right. on or off, and he knew whether he was on or he were off. We had the ability to communicate. Some of it was, um, you know, planned, and some of it was if we needed to make some adjustments. So the whole point is you get this cadence of execution, and that's, that's, incre that's incredibly important because not only do you have high beliefs now, remember we talked about beliefs aren't enough. Vision is not enough. You've got a cadence of execution. Combine the two, wrap it around this glad to be here mindset. You're gonna you're gonna bust through any challenges you have. You're gonna you're gonna succeed. John, that cadence of execution is a process put on chronology, on the wheels of chronology. That is, you've got the process to achieve, but you've got you've got a time. You've you put it off in bites and you're taking it time and time after time after time after and keeping yourself aware is that right absolutely and uh and and you you know i call them step goals right so you can have and we know this oh okay. what's your three-year plan your one-year plan your quarterly plan but i would say you know even sure. get it down to a, a daily cadence of checking in and checking out and that is you know hey uh, what are we going to do today we did that with my team this morning right for this call okay what's the goals what's the game plan everybody good yeah bank break. Okay. And then you want to check out and say, Hey, do we have a chance to accomplish that? Now, as a leader, you can vary the, um, you know, the daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, there's different ways to do it. Right. But what I keep liking, what I find is the most successful is keep checking in on the glad to be here. All right. Keep people checking in on what's in their heart. Um, that's the most important. Okay. Well, now, John, you've talked about this before. As a matter of fact, when you and I talked about the, the military's versus the business method of, of instilling leadership, you pointed out very directly the, the military's advantage in immediate debriefing after each event. And then you added about the, the whole idea of the glad to be here debrief. I'm sorry, debrief. That's your signature debriefing term. Sh sh could you tell us what that is and share its value with us? Yeah, it's it's a significant difference. It's a slight difference that can make a huge difference. And um, that's what's critical, I think, at the 0.01%. I like to say what's the best of the best do and how do the best get better. They do the standard stuff really well. We'll call that operational excellence. And debrief is part okay. of the cadence of, of any high-performing team. Now, it's, it's, it's not done as much in the business world. Sports worlds get it really well. Um, of course, military gets no, it business, not as much – Business does it when it's something no. bad, and that's about it. That's the problem. And see, you just hit the problem. There's two problems. One is the only time they do it is when there's a problem, and then you're pointing blame. You're trying to figure that out, um, And uh, which, by the way, is, is better than not doing it because you do want to figure this stuff out. But the key is to sure, turn sure. it from um, a, a negative fact-finding kind of debrief uh, into a positive reinforcement. And so there's two ways – that I think are critical to do it. One is you have to build it in, and this is what I talk about in, in, in the cadence, is, is build it into the, the, the cadence of what you normally do, your normal business. So you're not only, you're not debriefing just when things go wrong, okay? And that cadence can vary, okay? Uh, I, I say there's three types of debriefs that, that I've noticed. One is an event debrief. So we all have events. Maybe you have a, a national sales meeting or something. Of course you want to debrief that. But then there's the more periodic debriefs. Those are your standard 
Friday or, you know, Monday uh, leadership check-ins, management check-ins, teams check-ins. You got quarterly, you know, debriefs and stuff like that. Okay. But then you've got, you've got, sure. this is critical. This is the one where it's, it's the spontaneous debrief. You're walking out the door of a client meeting, and there's two of you, right? And you just put your arm around yeah. your teammate, or you don't have to. You know, you say, hey, how'd that go in there? And, and, and here's the key now. And, and, and so there's two keys. One is I've established what I call a general safe uh, and five dynamics framework. And, and this is what they are. If you can create this into your debriefs, uh, it'll change the way things operate. Number one I want general comments first, all right? And everybody gets a general feeling how, you know, how they think it went. Any safeties are brought right. up. Safety means something's out of parameters, okay? So you busted something. You're, okay. you're, you're late on a deliverable, okay? Um, you shouldn't have them, by the way. Right. But we all know we do it periodically. Great, okay? We but then you get into a very real. specific – yeah, you get a very specific cadence of what you're, you're going to debrief that day, and it changes. If it's a product rollout, you have your product map plan. You know, If it's a, a sales call, you would have your game plan there, right? So you, you debrief that and go through, okay, fine. But that, that's the status. Now, people do that, all right? Um, but here's the differentiator. It's not enough, okay? Uh, you got to create what I call uh, the five dynamics. The first is a safe environment. And this is an environment, not only psychological safety, but uh, physical safety, where people will, will, will lay things on the table. So it's, it's, it's a respect, okay? Next thing you do is you, is you check the ego at the door um, because you don't want egos in the room. <laughs> it's not about one person oh, being right. It's about we winning, right? It's, I don't care who's right or wrong right. in this case, but I want the solution that's going to move it forward. Third one is what I already said is you lay it on the table. That's my term for being open and honest. And, and by the way, mm -hmm. if you don't have a safe environment, that's not going to happen, right? And we see this all the time. Yeah. People oh, withhold. True, true. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. now there's a fourth one, all right? And that is once you lay it on the table, <laughs> you got to take ownership of it, okay? Everyone has to take ownership. Yeah. And, and that's the one that's hard a lot for, for some people is they can show the problem, but let's take ownership and not just point fingers at someone else. Let's figure this out and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and, and take – Take ownership. And now, okay, so great. So now that the fifth one is, is really the, the – this is the differentiator. This changes everything, and that's if you can build a glad-to-be-here mindset within this whole thing, okay? And that's, that's, uh, that pulls it all together. And, it, and that gets to the why, you know, why you're doing things. Why, you, why are you in business to help others, make a difference in people's lives? Of course you make some money. You should make a lot of money if you do this well, okay? Um, and uh, and that's, that's the key, right? And so – Actually, what involves the whole – I look at it as an umbrella or a circle that involves you know, all these other concepts is this glad-to-be-her mindset. And cultivating that uh, and, and getting that instilled actually starts with the individual. You know, I start every morning. I do my glad-to-be-her wake-up. What am I grateful for in the present moment? Uh, we did that. My wife and I did this morning. We live in Sun Valley. It's a gorgeous day, right? And, uh, and then I thought about oh, it. Oh, yeah. And I said, you know, I said later on. Brett and I, Bart and I, we're going to get a chance to talk to, you know, make an impact on other people. And, and I was grateful for that. So anyhow, my point is that there's some tools and techniques to instilling glad to be here in your own heart and in your company. And that will change your results. That's fantastic. Thank you for bringing that across. And John, you know, I, I've got to say it's, I've enjoyed talking with you and, and you, like so many of the truly fulfilled people, it's been my privilege to, to know, you express gratitude. You 
by actively giving back. Now, I understand, for instance, that you tithe all the profits from your speaking earnings uh, and put them into the Glad to Be Here Foundation uh, that you've initiated. Could you share with us uh, what, what's, uh, what is the mission and uh, what are the aims of the foundation? Hello? John? Yes, Bart. Oh, sorry. That was my, my fault. Uh, I was on mute. Uh, lesson, yes. Um, in fact, that's the most important question. Uh, my wife and I started that about a decade ago, and here's what the Glad to Be Here Foundation Excellent. does. Well, actually, here, here's how we started. This is even better. Uh, I always knew I wanted to give back, but I said, I'm going to wait till I make a lot of money. Well, heck, it wasn't happening as fast as I wanted to, right? So I, I changed my plan. And I said, you know what, why don't you give future revenues, not past, and for every new client that comes in the door, I'm going to give 10% to charity. And here's the key. I'm going to let the client pick where they want some of that money to go. So since then, and we just started this you know, about eight years ago, we've sponsored 347 charities around the world. We've given close to $2 million to support organizations. And here's the cool part is that you find out there's so many people out there who care, who deeply. So all we do with our foundation is support other foundations, not for that, support other nonprofits who are out there doing the good. We're, we're, we're curing blindness in Tibet. You know, cataract surgery, for $40, you can, you can help cure yeah. someone of blindness. We're bringing respect and, and empowerment to women. In, 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 in Africa with yoga and meditation training. I mean, uh, we're, we're discovering these books around the world on higher wisdom. I mean, we support people who are out there doing super cool stuff. That's fantastic. John, I, we're running out of time, but I, I want to ask one very, very vital question here, one last question, and that is if I wanted to get a hold of your marvelous book, Fearless Success, Beyond High Performance, or perhaps I wanted to engage you to speak to my organization, how can I go about gaining more of your wisdom? Well, the best way is just go to our website, johnfoleyinc.com, johnfoleyinc.com, because what we've done is we bundled this book, Fearless Success, with another book that I wrote, Breaking Belief Barriers. So you you get, uh, by the way, for the same price, you get a second book free, right? So that's the best way. Um, But if all you want is a book, go to Amazon. You know, go to Barnes & Nobles. We're in all the airports. We're all over the place. Uh, But if you want to go deeper, and I think that's the bigger question here, definitely reach out to us on the website, the best way. Of course, we're in social media all over the place. But the key is, um, you know, we speak to over a thousand organizations, usually about a hundred a year. And and uh, and getting to that level, uh, we get we need to know who you are and what your objectives are and what you're trying to. And then, you know, we work deeper with certain companies. So uh, just reach out to us on the website, and uh, more importantly. Um, Put this in action. I, I'm more. I just care that people live the glad to be here mindset. That's that's all that's important to me. Oh, absolutely. All right, John. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful to have you on this first time. Hopefully, we'll be able to seduce you back on later. And I thank you so much for coming on. All right. Thank you, sir. You're amazing. Let's continue to make a difference. Glad to be here. All right. Truly, truly. Uh, Now, as we round out today's feast, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation. Who was it who said, credit cards are like snakes? Handle them long enough, and one of them will bite you. (laughs) I love that. Anyway, as a hint to the author of that quote, this uh, 2020 
U.S. presidential contender claims she is willing to, quote, throw my body under the bus to stop bad ideas, and heaven knows we have a fleet of those in our political system, but that's another day. Uh, and remember, if you know the author of this quote, simply scribble that author's name down as you believe him or her to be. Send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com to win an absolutely career-igniting gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And be sure to tune in next week to The Art of the CEO as the planet's most sought-after and effective marketer tells how he turned around Coca-Cola, Amazon, Ford Motors, several other major firms by nixing all the impersonal data surveys and getting very personal with those individuals who buy the stuff. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, your boss probably won't be very good at satisfying those cherished objectives you seek from your work if you never tell him. Uh, and to you, uh, who have been gleefully sharing this feast, I, I truly hope you've enjoyed the Art of the CEO show as much as John and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, you may download this and all our shows by visiting theartoftheceo.com. And finally, to you, who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you. <laughs>